Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is September the 4th, 2015, and welcome to another episode of The Bright Style with Technicia. In addition to our show on September the 2nd, we had Roz Brazil talking about her divorce and marriage and being a first lady of the church. And in addition to that, we have another wonderful lady on named Janice Love, who's the author, a stepmom, a coach, also was the first lady of the church and here to talk about the divorce and we're going to add on to that conversation and we're going to also discuss about her book of being divorced and still highly favored so do stay tuned in call number is 347-426-3751 the chat box will be open for you hi janice how are you good how are you doing technician wonderful better than ever and better than most all right so glad to have you on, Janice. I had my show with our dear friend, Ross, and it was very interesting to learn about the pressures of being an actual first lady in church and people and all their views upon you. And when you get divorced, everybody looks at you like you're the bad guy. Yeah, it could be. So what was your take on it? What led up to the to the divorce, how people treated you after you got a divorce? Well, um, we actually have a unique story because we actually married and divorced twice. So we actually okay. had, had to go through it twice. The first time he oh, was wow. um, more of a, yeah, the first time he was more of an associate minister. And then the second time he, we divorced, he was a pastor. So we have two, two very unique stories because the very first time, he actually asked for the divorce, and then the second time I asked for the divorce. So I got to see it from two different perspectives. So ours is just a little bit different, but um, what I found was that it was actually harder to explain getting remarried and divorced the second time around than it was to, to deal with the divorce the first time around, if that makes any sense at all. It, it does. Um, is this more of a problem in the church, though, during divorce? Well, it, divorce has been around in the church for years. Even if you look in the Bible, there uh, divorce is mentioned over um, 33 times. So divorce is nothing new, and it's really nothing new in the church because people have um, been getting divorced. It's just the church hasn't always known how to deal with it. Um, problem marriages, um, typically what will happen if a couple breaks up, 
usually one or both of them disappear and we just kind of sweep it under the rug. Or if um, one stays, then, you know, we just, we don't know how to minister to them. You know, I'm currently remarried and I'm married to a pastor. And now, you know, we see things from a whole different perspective. Um, as we begin to, to minister to people in the church, we see it from a whole different perspective. When you were the, the married couple with no problems, well, nobody has no problems, but when you're the married couple, you're focusing on hanging out with other uh, married couples. You're, you know, you're, um, you know, you're supporting some of the single parents in the church, but you really don't know what it's like until you actually go through it. So, so our perspective is totally different now. And, you know, I did have some of those challenges with, um, you know, some of the church people. But you know what? Church people are just trying to find the best way they can to deal with things that aren't necessarily addressed in the church. So as as churches, we have to address divorce. I mean, we have to, whether it's from a support standpoint for the adults or um, support standpoint for the children. We have to face it because it's there in our churches. Our numbers are really no different than what's going on outside in the world because the world has now managed to get inside the church. Right, and people always look at it to be a perfect world when they look at the first lady and the pastor. Exactly. And they don't understand that you're still, you're still a human being. You're going to make mistakes. Exactly. It's not all that it's caked up to be. Right, exactly, and there and there are extra pressures, of course, on on first families. But you know, um, God is able to, to to handle a lot of things. And you know, when I look back um, in in the marriage, it wasn't necessarily so much the, um, the 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 church people because I tried real hard to just kind of identify myself as of uh, what my role was going to be in the church, and I think that that helped. But at the same time, you know, we are a married couple just like any other. We have children, you have jobs, you have, uh, you know, bills just like everybody else. So it's, it's very common for first families to, to deal with marital issues as well. Well, Janice, do you feel that at any time that the first lady was just put upon you without any question, you feel any pressure from that? Um. Not really, and and maybe it's because I, I found out, especially having been married to a, a pastor before and married to one now, that's just my calling. So so God gives me what I need to um, to handle that role. And again, um, I I don't necessarily have a lot of pressures from being a first lady as long as my marriage is sound, as long as my marriage is happy. The role is easy. Because it, the role is basically you're supporting your husband. So if our stuff is tight, I don't have, really have to worry about um, the, the pressures, you know, whatever the pressures one might feel from being a first lady. Because, you know, they, they accept me for who I am. They, um, you know, I, I worked real hard to establish my role. I let them know what my gifts are, what I can do and what I can't do. And they appreciate that. So, so you know, maybe this comes with maturity as well that you don't allow the church to to dictate who you're going to be because it's right. easy for you to, to um, you know, especially if you're a, a new pastor and wife coming in and there was a very strong um, couple that was there before you, a lot of times people can try to to, um, to try to put you in a box and, and make you like the one before. And, and if you're not careful, especially if you're in a young marriage, your husband can do that too because your husband can see, oh, she, she seems like the perfect pastor's wife, 
and try to make you become that. So you have to be very, very strong in who you are. Number one, realize who you are and what your gifts are to keep people from doing that to you. Right, because you, because most women feel that, oh, that's my role, I'm first lady, and then when they go get the divorce, oh, what am I now? I don't have any hope. And that's what you bring about within your book. Even though you're divorced, you, lose, you lost that title, you still have a mission to carry on. You're, God right. is not done with you. Exactly, and that's, that's something, and that's the reason why I named my book Divorce and Still Highly Favorite. Because so many times as women feel like, um, especially if we've gone to, through a divorce, and, again, it, it's sometimes somewhat different if, if it's the woman who chose to get the divorce, which um, the second time around, that was, it was my choice to, have the, to get the divorce. And, and it becomes a little bit different because now, you know, regardless of what they think about your husband, typically if, the, if it's the woman's choice to get the divorce, suddenly she becomes a Jezebel or something, okay? And and there's a lot of guilt and a lot of pressure put on her from the standpoint of, oh, you don't want to be a minister's wife here. Your man is trying to serve God, and you don't want to, to help him serve God. You can't handle that. So so um, I look at it from a different standpoint because, again, there, there are some cases where the man made the choice, and, and that totally leads the woman just just vulnerable. But when I made my choice, that gave me the determination to step out and to begin to make things happen for myself, to to begin to um, establish my own identity. And I was very focused on that. And so I, I didn't necessarily have any of the, the, the woe is me kind of side. I was dealing more with uh, what are people thinking of me because I decided I didn't want to be married to my pastor husband anymore. Right. Now, I have, well, by speaking to Ross, you know, she mm-hmm. had that issue with the fact that when you go to another church, how can I trust the other pastor where they still accepted me because it feels like everyone knows your role. That that was your yeah. role. Now I don't know how they're gonna look upon me. Was that did that ever cross your mind at any point? Oh, well, I don't did. know That's, if I can trust this. Right, and it, that, that happened to me the first time around. The first time around, I I was kind of um, just kind of lost there because you know you 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 have this circle that you are a part of, and suddenly you're outside that circle. And um, you don't quite know what to do. So, you know, as I began to look for a church home, I really couldn't, didn't know where to go kind of thing. So I just kind of roamed around. And then I eventually came back to the church that we were at because it was so big, you know, hopefully I just hope we could just kind of co-mingle in the same place. And at the same time, it would keep us from having to move our children from church to church um, every Sunday. So eventually I came back and into there and that just just kind of stayed away from some of the big events where somebody would say, oh, is that um, Janice over there? So I tried to do that. But the second go-around, technically it was a, it was a lot different because I, I strategized my way. I decided <laughs> and that I was going to find a church home that was going to be a perfect place for me and my children. Now, I was fortunate in that when um, – when we divorced the second time, we had actually relocated to another city. So not a whole lot of people, you know, knew who um, who I was. And if they did, you know, um, 
I I I had the the courage to to ask the 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 church when I joined the new church. I asked them to give me um, to let me be anonymous. I wanted to, in a sense, kind of start out and not do a whole lot, just take care of my kids. And the church granted that for me. You know, who knows what people were saying behind my back or whatever, but I'm thanking God that none of that came to me. I was able just to kind of be there and and really, really try to um, build a new life for myself. And I'm glad that you have and you're able to speak to other women on this factor. Um, So, Tell us a little bit more about your book, Janice. How did this idea come about? Why did you decide to really want to assist others in this area? Well, as, as I've, I actually have been um, doing step family ministry because I actually remarried my husband, who is a pastor, who has six children, and I have two children. So I had began to do this step family ministry and was really deep into that. And I was I just happened to be driving to work one day, and, and a voice kept speaking to me, telling me I have another book to write. And I'm like, okay, because I was, I was in the middle of finishing up my, my stepmom book. And I said, okay, okay, I'll, I'm sure I'll write another book. But the voice just stayed on me. You have another book to write. So finally I realized that it, it's up to me as to go back and deal with the divorce situation. Because as as I joined my new church and got remarried, I realized the number of couples that were in the church who were remarried or those who were experiencing divorce. And so I, I said, okay, well, I've just got to tell my story. So, you know, and again, with it being a unique story in having married and divorced the same man twice, I don't know why that happened other than that to be used to be a blessing to other women. And you'd be amazed at the number of women technicians that I'm meeting that are divorced for a second time. So imagine the, the guilt that, that, that they are dealing with. Yeah, because I hear people say things like, well, you know, I can understand you getting married um, and divorced the first time, but if you get divorced two times or three times, it must be you. And so people walk around with this guilt, not um, afraid to talk about their life stories and, and about what they've experienced because they have been stigmatized as being this sinful woman because she's been married and divorced twice. So it's so many out there. And and what I found in common was that it was happening to those who were remarrying into a step family because step families actually have a, a less less of a chance making it than the original family does. So here are these women who were who hoping they could find love and happiness again, and then suddenly they end up in divorce court again. So because this had happened to me, I had to tell my story. And so, you know, God gave me a way to tell my story that that I um, that I have found to be a, a blessing to other women. Because, again, if nothing else but dealing with the, the guilt, dealing with having to, to um, be in that church environment, because I, I do cater to, to Christian women, um, being in that church environment and being overlooked, being um, neglected, not being ministered to, it is a problem out there. So that's that's kind of how my book came about. And right. I, I really and I, wanted women. Go ahead. Say, and I, I agree every bit with you on that, Janice, because I think a lot of women do. They feel that guilt. Oh, I mm-hmm. I put my vows up upon God and I did this in the church in front of everyone my vows and now I got to to terminate them almost and it's like oh 
I feel like I failed. And and actually, you haven't failed. There's no mm-hmm. there's no failing. As we said before, Janice and I just said, it's still a plan. God has a, a plan for all of us, and there's a reason for everything. And I know that it seems like that. And we wonder why we go through something, why God mm-hmm. takes us through something. And he has to take you through that. It's a divine purpose for every little single thing that we go through. And I, I'm going to always say every time, give God the key and let him do mm-hmm. the driving. And he's got That's the right. rest. That's right. Because you never, I mean, again, I would have never imagined, you know, if I look back 20 years ago, I would have never imagined that I would be ministering to divorced women and to, and to stepmoms because, I would have said, oh, no, my first marriage is going to last. We're going to be married forever. We're going to have our two kids, and we're going to live happily ever after. And, but, you know, you know, I, I, I have no regrets related. Um, you know, I heard you and um, Raj talking about um, my favorite scripture. Y'all don't try to steal my favorite scripture, Romans 828. <laughs> <that> all, <laughs> all things work together for good. And that's what has happened in it my life. I has worked. Right. God has taken the pain, he's taken the embarrassment, he's taken all that and made it work together for good, not only the good for me, but the good for, for women that I, I actually minister and coach. Yes, those that was definitely a good scripture. And what was so amazing because as she was as she was saying it, I already had that scripture on my mind and it was like, <laughs> Oh wow, that's right on time. Like we're on the same we're on the same note. <laughs> that mm-hmm. that is a scripture to live by, people. So make sure you definitely listen to that show and this one today as well, because those are very good scriptures. Um, so what what is it like just being a being a stepmom, Janet? Just knowing that you taking in other children, because I'm a I'm a stepmom too. But my uh-huh. it's it's funny because my husband is older. He's fifty six okay. and I'm thirty two, and you know okay. I get teased a lot. Well, you have a stepdaughter. She's the same age, and I'm like, uh, I don't think she could be my stepdaughter. We're the same age. I feel awkward. <laughs> well, stepmom, it could possibly be the hardest job you've ever had. Um, you know, I took on an extra challenging role, taking on six stepchildren. <laughs> right. And it, I'm telling you, it, it started out real rough. You know, in, in my book, One Plus One Equals Ten, you know, I'm, I'm trying to describe to women um, what I experienced. And, you know, I don't want anybody else to have to go through that, but there are certain things you're just going to deal with if you are a stepmom. But there are strategies and things that you can use. Um, you can determine your role. Um, you, can, you can learn how to, to not personalize everything because, you know, when we try to bring families together, the kids are all messed up. They're, they don't know what to expect. They're trying to hold on to the, the old relationship between especially if they were married, they're trying to hold on to that. And their ultimate dream is to have them back together. So these new people coming in their lives just creates just um, confusion in a sense for them. And especially children don't know how to act with confusion. Even And, and I'm even talking about grown children. They don't necessarily know how to act with, um, with bringing two, two families together. So, you know, there are, there are ways to, to navigate that without ending up back in divorce court. Because, again, you know, the, the, the national average says, on average, 50% of first marriages break up. The, the statistics with second marriages, especially if there are children involved, second, third, whatever, it diminishes every time you, you remarry. But the, the statistics show that 
two-thirds won't make it. Only actually one-third will make it. So so that's what my mission is all about, making, if you're going to get remarried and be in a step family, let me show you how to make it work so that you don't end up back in divorce court because that's the last place you want to end up. Right, that it that is the last place, definitely. And you're you, I definitely um will have to pick it back off that it is difficult when you're dealing with grown stepchildren. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. people ask me normally, oh, do you and her hang out? No, of course not. She's thirty two. I'm thirty two. Mm-hmm. No, we're not hanging out like we're best friends. <laughs> she has her own life. I have mine. <laughs> it still feels awkward. I'm like, I'm not a stepmom. I have my own children, but. You know, I guess mm-hmm. I am her stepmom, but I don't want to feel that mm-hmm. way. Like, I, that's a discussion we have not had. Like, I'm not going to walk mm-hmm. up to his daughter and say, oh, how do you feel about me being your stepmom? I don't think that's going to ever work, Janice. But uh, we're, we're still on good terms as far as I know, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> yeah, you'll but have you, to call me offline, you, and we'll have to talk about that. Cause, cause definitely, right, um, we will. What, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I established, what I had to do was establish my role um, with my stepchildren. Uh, you know, they have two wonderful parents. They had two wonderful parents. So it was not up for me to try to step in and be a parent. Which you And you're saying, okay, yeah, we the same age. How can I be, you know, a parent? My role was a support. So I'm here, you guys, if you need me. Um, but I know you have wonderful parents, but I'm here if you need me. And so that kind of lessened some of that because originally I started out gung-ho, ooh, I'm going to be the best stepmom in the world because those kids are just going to love me because I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You know, I stepped into that. And it's like, whoa, 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 we didn't ask for you to come in our lives, you know. We don't need <laughs> right. another, somebody telling us how to do this and telling us what to do and trying to run our lives and, and doing this. You know, yeah, it's nice if you want to contribute financially and stuff, but we don't need you to do, you know, be our mama or our daddy. So, you know, but you don't know all this going in. So all you know is that, okay, I want to, you know, people say this term, which which aggravates me every time I hear it. I'm going to love his children as much as I love my own children. That is not possible because you, you you may love your children, but there's no way you, you can do it the same way because you birthed your own children. You carried them for a full nine months. You wiped their little snotty nose. You did all that stuff. You developed the relationship over the years, but when you're in the step family, you're just all thrown together, and love does not happen automatically. So people need to, to, to stop saying that. I'm going to love his children as much as mine. No, you're not. You're going to love mm-hmm. them, but you're going to love them in a different way than what you right. love your own children. And that's okay. Accept that and be okay with that and quit beating up on yourself about that because I have a lot of women right. who beat up on themselves because they say, oh, I'm, I'm failing in this because I, I don't – his children actually get on my nerves. I don't like them. You know, and it's like that's okay, you know, because you didn't go through all that stuff with them like their mother did. Right. So be okay, okay with that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you want to yeah. be. Yeah, you probably want to pop them and hit them across the head a couple of times, but you know. You got... <laughs> yeah, we've come a long way because my husband and I have been married for like twelve years, and so we've come a long way. Now we all get along just fine. And <laughs> but boy, back in the day, you're right. It was right. a challenge. It was a challenge. What the world I walked into? What you? This is not. This was part of the deal. <laughs> but your, but your, your. I think this is this is more of your newest book, the one that you actually talk about, a survivor guide for stepmom. One plus one. No, that's that's, that's the is one I wrote the, first, actually. I wrote okay, that's the one, one you did first. Uh-huh. Okay, 
that's the one I did okay. first. And again, again, um, the Lord told me I need to go back and deal with this divorce thing. And so that's how this the second book actually came to be. But yeah, oh, divorce, wonderful. Mhm. I wanted to make sure I had put that right because I said I, I hope I didn't put it as wrong because I I figured that book was the first one so I kind of did put it right um, when I wrote mm-hmm. it. Well, listen to her new about her new book about the divorce and mm-hmm. this one one plus one equals ten a first lady's guide for stepmom. The title just really catch you off because you're like one plus one especially if you're in the math one plus one equals ten. I don't, I mm-hmm. don't get it. Like I thought, it, but then when you get into it, you like. Oh, okay. I do understand. Exactly, exactly. I and think so, yeah, a perfect people, guy. Mhm. Yeah, it 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 has blessed a lot of women because a lot of women were on the verge of saying, you know what, I'm going back to me and my kids because I can't take this. But but there's a lot of women that I've worked with that that are are, are actually thriving as stepmoms now, rather than just being frustrated and say I only want some kids in my house. They they're actually doing better now because again it's sometimes it's just about the expectations. If you're expecting them this one big happy family and and all this and we're gonna all love each other and we're gonna all spend this time together, sure, just stop it right there because that is right, not the right. reality. You have to design your family the way that's gonna work for you. And so I I, exactly. I work with women all the time mm-hmm, to do that. What were your children outcome to this getting divorced? Um, remarrying and knowing that it's other children now, that now we're a big old blended family. Yeah, um, divorce and remarriage is really, really hard on children. Um, Typically, um, there's some some data that suggests that children emotionally are two years behind their parents. So say that that you have been thinking about uh, getting a divorce for, you know, for a while. Okay, and so maybe you, you, you go ahead and get divorced, but it takes your children about two years to catch up with you, okay? So the, the key is not to move too fast and to be upfront and talk to your kids in, in the language that they understand. You know, some people have little kids, and, and so you've got to break this down and say, hey, they'll love you, but mommy and daddy are going to have to live in, in separate locations. You know, and, and if, if they're older and better able to understand, okay, here, let's talk. Let, let, let's talk about my reality. Here's what happened in our marriage without, you know, exposing too much and without trying to place blame on the other spouse. The key is to know that there are no ex-parents, okay? There's only ex-spouses. So know that your children are still going to have to um, interact with your your ex, so you can't be bad mouthing them all the time. Talking about well, your daddy's not this, your mom's not. You can't do oh, any yeah. of that. You have to learn how to um, raise resilient children. Now, when you know, I'm I'm a researcher by nature. I read every book. I get my hands on all kinds of stuff. So when I found myself faced with divorce, I went and read books about what divorce does to children. And you know, there are some some difficult outcomes for for children of divorced parents. You know, for instance, they um, perform lower in school. They um, tend to um, to maybe, especially girls, they might um, get involved in sexual behavior a little earlier. There's, um, you know, there's some um, depression and things that, that children have to deal with. So I was aware of all this stuff going in, and I wanted to do everything I could to make sure that my kids were okay. So I, I made sure they had their, their time with their father. I made sure that, that, you know, we weren't having all these arguments and discussions in front of them. And um, you know, making them feel uncomfortable with us being in the same room. We, you know, me and my ex, 
you. If we did nothing else, nothing else, we co-parented our children together. Meaning if, if, if my son was on punishment at my house, whenever he went over to his dad's house for the weekend, I called his dad and said, look, he did this, and, and my, my rule is that he's not going to be on his cell phone for, you know, for three weeks. So um, could you also support me on this? Um, we also we we discuss financial matters. You know, whenever we needed to discuss something about our children, we called what I call a a parenting meeting. Okay, so you know, I called him with an agenda saying, okay, we um our son is needing to have oral surgery, so this is going to cost six hundred dollars. Um, I can can I get you to split that with me? You know, we we talked about you know, okay. My son didn't do his homework today, or my daughter has this event coming up. And we talked about all these things. If I had a calendar, I shared it with him so that he could come and support the children's events. We even went so far as, um, and again, you you wonder how we got divorced if we got along so well with the kids. But um, we went as far as when we first divorced Christmas. You know, Christmas Mm -hmm. is a big deal for kids. And so what we would do is actually... You know, if the kids were with him for Christmas, then I would get up, drive 30 miles across town. Whenever he um, thought the kids might be waking up, I'd go over to his house to make sure we were both there when the kids opened their presents. I mean, it was just that important to me. I didn't have to be with him all day. I just had to be there for my kids. So a lot of times we, we get into these fights and things, you know, trying to, to injure the other party when the best thing for the children is to, to work together to raise them. And that's right. what we did. And so if you do that, that makes a huge difference. Otherwise, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have some, some acting out and those kinds of things when, when, when you go through a divorce. But focus on the kids. And if you can do that, then it's going to give them a better chance. Why? Because children, one thing we know about children, they're like sponges. They remember every simple thing that you do because my mm-hmm. coworker said it happened to her with her son. Um, her, um, her, his father got into it with his new lady, and mm-hmm. I think he had hit her or something of that sort. And she said, "Oh well, that's not how it's supposed to go." And he said, "Well, Daddy hit on you. I I, I forgot how the conversation went, but it went back to mm-hmm. Daddy. Daddy had hit you one time before, and he remembered that, and he was at a young age." She said, "So, yes, I." Parents, whoever listening today, remember, your children are an example of you. They live off you. Everything that you do reflects on them, too. And we all, you know, it's a myth, I think, when we always say the parents are happy, the children are happy, and not necessarily. When you're getting divorced, that really just alters that, like you said, alters that child, every aspect of their life, and that kind of change, it's hard to adjust to for adults. Imagine what it it must be like for children who are not old enough to really reason, mm-hmm. to really reason, intellectualize that whole situation. Like mommy over here, daddy's over there. I don't, I don't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really confusing. I can imagine for my daughters if that was ever to happen, they'll probably be like, "Where's daddy?" Even if he's not here with me for ten or fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. mama, where's daddy? Oh, he just went to the store. He's coming back, isn't he? Yeah, your daddy's <laughs> right. actually coming back to the house. So. I, I could not even imagine going through a divorce and them having that on their minds, you know. But yeah. I'm glad that now that your children were able to cope with that and that you're all happy, and that's a blessing for you, Janice. I'm really happy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and and the other thing with with where children are concerned is that you you can't use children as your support system when you're going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. That's not the time to be you know to be leaning on your children for support. You need to get that outside of um, the you know outside of the home, and and that's why I. I, I coach and work with women is because don't use your children as the ones that, that you're trying to support. The other thing is oh, when it I comes see. to remarriage is that it's really best to to wait at least, again, uh, two years really before you even start really dating again. And if you want to remarry, it's almost best to wait at least four years because, again, if you're thinking about your kids being two years behind you, you want to take your time when it's related to that. Right, and I don't want people to definitely take their time and stay tuned in because we're going to get more into discussion about her book, and we're going to talk about more about divorce and how to just keep it together, ladies, and Jet, too, because sometimes you men go through the same issues as we do, and we, we don't focus on you as much. But um, stay tuned. Do not touch that dial. We'll be right back after this. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog Talk Talk Radio, baby. This is the news. This morning, we are saluting the 2.2 million women who have joined in the war effort. They now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. The prestigious Harvard Medical School is breaking ground today, opening its doors to new female applicants. Today, little girls all over the world look to the sky, where the first woman is now in space. Military stereotypes are challenged today with the trailblazing promotion of a U.S. female officer to four-star general. It was just announced that the vast majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. All right, we're back with Janice Love, who's a stepmom, a coach, and she she's doing it all. She wears many hats, as such as in your book, Janice, you mentioned about Prince, um, Prince Diana. And we all looked at her like, oh, this is the lifestyle I actually want. She, she has the, that character about herself. She had that glamour. You look like you couldn't even touch her with a 10-feet pole. But up underneath all that, she was actually hurting, but she held it together with that public divorce. You know, that was a challenge for me because – you know, as as you think about, um, you know, this fairy book wedding. You know, everybody wants the fairy book wedding, the 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 story, the story wedding, beautiful. Everybody's gorgeous and everything, and and we all looked at her like, oh my God, she's the princess. I remember my daughter and I getting up early in the morning to make sure that that we could watch that wedding. And, and and that's how my wedding was. It was a storybook a tale of us getting married and everything. So, um, you know, when people have public divorces, it's um, it's very difficult to, to almost save face. 
because you just can't stop doing what you're doing. You still got to go to work. You still got to, you know, go out and go to the grocery store and those kinds of things. But um, to me, it was important that I continue to look as strong as possible. The last thing I wanted to do was be in the in the corner crying all the time, you know, needing all the support because I wanted to to show that with God anything is possible. You can you can survive anything. So you know there might have been times where I cried uh, all night long or whatever, but when it was time to step out of the house, I wanted to to show that um, there was there was confidence there. So yeah, Princess Diana was my role model in, in that sense because she had married a prince. Everybody had watched the wedding, and then suddenly they were divorced. So she was an inspiration for me. Right, she she was. That was a great inspiration woman, and just to see that she killed it all together, that takes actually guts. Um, mm-hmm. um, let's go back to our discussion about the church setting, Janice. Is divorce something? Okay. Um, is divorce something churches should be addressing, or just leave that hidden? No, the churches has the churches have to address it. You know, unfortunately, again, it's happening in the pastoral family. It's happening um, all across the the pew. People are sitting in the pews suffering because the church isn't dealing with this. You know, there are things that churches can do. Um, number one, they can actually develop ministries for those who are divorced. There are some churches who have divorce care ministries, whereby they. Um, you know, they invite people that who are, are divorced to actually come and get support, get things that are helpful for them. What we typically do um, is, is put people in, in the singles ministry. Singles ministry is great. I've been a member of, of singles ministries before. But typically what attracts the, the, um, the person who's going to join the single ministry is um, the fact that they are single and hopefully looking to find someone or they're, they're young, you know, maybe in their, their 20s or early 30s, they become a part of that because, you know, they're, it's social, it's very social, you're doing things together, that kind of thing. But it really doesn't address um, what someone could be dealing with if they've gone through a divorce. So I encourage, number one, for churches to have divorce ministries. If not, if you don't have a divorce ministry, then have some resources available, be able to, to give um, organizations like mine and Roz's, um, be able to refer people out to us because we can help with those situations. The other thing is the church can do is just, you know, not continue to just not talk about it. Because a lot of times if you're in churches, the only time you hear um, um, anything preached on divorce or taught on divorce is when those, those, those Sunday school lessons come around and we go through those little Sunday school lessons and, you know, all the divorced people think about not showing up that Sunday because they just don't want to have to sit there. But otherwise you don't hear churches talking about divorce unless they're condemning people. They're not talking about how they can support them and how they can help them to become whole again. They're just just not saying anything, and silence is 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 more destructive to me than than actually talking about it. And I do love your book because it leads on into so much. Of course, divorce costs so much money just to get. It's like, why do I want to actually get a divorce? And you break it down: is it the sex? Is it the finances? And then you bring out these helpful scriptures. Um, I love the one where it says if he came in single, he will leave single. If he came in married, then his wife will leave him. 
Exodus chapter 21, verse um, 3. You know, these are some great scriptures to actually live by. Um, we're talking about counseling and prayer. All this is going down deep into instructions for you. And, I mean, and you can't make this decision on your own. This is a big step mm-hmm. when you're talking about divorce. And a lot of people are doing that now. We have a high percentage of marriages People don't even stay married long these days. Most right. people stay married probably about two or three months. You're like, darling, can I just go to your wedding? You already broke up. Why? You sure? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one is doing that. I found one couple, um, I think they had them on Facebook. They were married over 90-some years, and I was like, wow, they had to be married. You know, years ago, you got married at a young age, 14, 15, it was nothing. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But it's amazing. Mm-hmm. They're just looking at that, looking at your great, great grandparents who still marry. It's awesome. Uh, my husband, we've been married for 10 years. You know, marriages don't last long, but for the ones who are married for 20 or 30 years, kudos, or even longer. I commend you. It's a, I really do. Yeah, it can be done, you know. And, and you know, when yeah. I look at um, my own parents and until my mother passed, my parents had been married for over 50 years. And I know they had some rough times, but um, – what we're seeing now is that, um, like, our children are waiting longer to get married, and hopefully that's a good thing because, you know, maybe they're, they've watched how we've made a mess of things, and so they are, are waiting, you know, and, and making sure they're spending that time dating and that kind of thing to, um, to prepare for that because I have a son, actually, who's getting married next year, and they've been dating five years. So, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, when are they going to get married? But, you know, I'm really glad he waited because, you know, that will give them a firmer foundation to work with because so many times we just jump into something, maybe because we know that, it, it, it you know, divorce is possible. But, but you've got to take time and have that foundation. And so we actually go to a lot of, uh, my husband and I actually go to a lot of premarital conferences because we want to get people before they get married. Go ahead and get that counseling. Go ahead and talk about all those issues that are going to come up in the marriage so that, um, you do have a, a stronger chance of making this. Right. And also the fact that you even mentioned in your book, don't ask people to pray for you. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself first before you ask other people because sometimes everybody's prayer is not the same. They can be praying <laughs> against you. And, you know, we hear mm-hmm. about people, oh, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. I don't need you to pray for me. Maybe you could do a little action besides praying because we've been doing that for the longest, for, for years. And since <laughs> exactly. Praying. Right. Exactly. Why? Well, I need you to do a little more than just pray for me, maybe. But I, right. I love that. You must, you must be uh, talking about my chapter on intercession, intervention, or interference. Yes. You're absolutely right. We have to be careful about um who we're allowing to influence us during that time of divorce, whatever you're looking for, you can find. So if I'm wanting, if I'm wanting to mail bash my my ex or whatever, I can find a sister that's more than happy to do that with me. If I want some, mm-hmm. if I'm going to talk to somebody that is going to encourage me to to stick with it and 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 try to and do everything I can, then that's what I'm going to look for. So you know, even in my book, I. I am not necessarily a proponent of divorce. I, I hate divorce. I don't want it to happen to anybody. So I really spend a lot of time um, in my book talking about how how you can you can prevent marriage. I'm I'm all about prevention. Try try everything you can to make that thing work, um, so that you will not have to go through this. But if you do, then you know here's here's the road you need to take. Here's 
here's where you need to be. This, this is who you need to um, really be. You need to be focusing on God and, and, and getting whole versus trying to attack somebody else or making all these other things that you have to worry about um, during divorce. Right. And I would say if anybody know more about the church life will be you because you, you grew up in a church. That's where you spent your hours mm-hmm. with your mom doing that. And I love to hear stories like that, especially when I look at the documentaries on celebrities, the first thing come out their mouth, my mm-hmm. mom kept me in church. There was no days we missed church. You stayed mm-hmm. right there. <laughs> yeah, mama, can I go All the time. Like, no, Don't take yourself on our <laughs> church, child. That's where you need to be at. Go on. Get on down exactly. Down there. Don't exactly. Down I think that. <laughs> and if That's my so mom funny didn't go, you're right. she sent me off to church. Mm-hmm. No, my mom dragged us every time. And, again, I think that's what helped make my role as a pastor's wife easier because I, I spent so much time at the church. I watched other first ladies. And, and I love church work. It, that's my calling. I, I love to teach. I, I, I love church work because, you know, God has blessed me um, in, in so many ways, so I have to give back to him. And so church work is just something that has always come easy for me. Right, and I understand you do have your coaching ministry to help women who are going through or have been mm-hmm. divorced. What service do you offer to them? Well, I have a, a number of things. You know, for instance, monthly I, I do a newsletter, and so I encourage people to always go to my website and sign for my newsletter. But I also have um, uh, coaching programs whereby I will actually work one-on-one with women. Um, most of it, especially since I'm getting more and more people across the country, is most of it is done by telephone. And um, and it's been very effective in helping people. So I have, you know, I have, like, if you, all you're wanting is just a, a conversation to work through an issue, I'm more than happy to to work with you on that. But I really prefer to to work with women in a in a coaching program, which typically lasts about six weeks, whereby um, we're we're working through things. I'm a problem solver. I, you know, okay, you can tell me about. Kusha John, and we can talk a little bit about the past, but most of my stuff is forward thinking, hey, where are we now, and where are we going from here? What goals do you have? What, 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 um, how do you want to be able to present yourself? Um, you know, what, what, what are the challenges that we need to work through? So I spend a lot of time action-oriented stuff, um, trying to get um, women to, to move from, from point A to point F if, if that's where they want to be. So, so I do offer the coaching program, and again, I offer them for um, not only women who are going through divorce or have gone through divorce, because I have a lot of clients who've been um, divorced for over five or ten years and still dealing with some things. But also, again, of course, work with the stepmoms as well. And my husband and I do ministries with couples who are right in the thick of things um, that are our step families. And. I know that I really do. I want people to actually get this book, especially if you have been through that tormented time. What exactly is a biblical divorce, really? Um, explain that a little bit for me, Janice. Well, in the Bible, you know, it does talk about how that, you know, the only way that, that couples can, can um, be released from the divorce is if one of the um, – one of the persons has committed adultery. So we've taken all this stuff to, to go around asking people, was your um, divorce biblical? Hey, a divorce is a divorce, okay? God is still God. God is a loving and a God is a forgiving God. But quit getting caught up about whether or not something is a, is a biblical divorce. You know, again, there, 
people will, will use the Bible as a, um, a bat to, to beat people up when they're going through divorce. And, and that's what I'm trying to do with. I go ahead and I tell you, I list all the scriptures um, that relate to divorce in the Bible because I want you to really get a clear understanding about what the Bible does say. Yes, it, the Bible does, Jesus does not want us to get divorced, but he does say he also realizes the hardness of our hearts and, and he understands it. So, you know, and, and my favorite is when I go back to the, the woman at the well. You know, Jesus, he, he, he didn't beat this woman up for being divorced five times. And, and that's how, I, that's where I focus my ministry is that Jesus understands what divorce is about because he went out of his way to minister to a divorced woman. And so he can also minister to us in going through that. So, like I said, I don't, I don't like to, to get caught up in about whether or not a divorce is biblical or whatever. You, it don't matter. You're still dealing with the same kinds of issues. But, um, but again, we, we, want, we don't want people to experience it. We really don't want people to have to go through that. Right, because it is, it is tormenting. And just the fact mm-hmm. that people, when they look at you, oh, whose fault exactly is it? What you, what, what you mean? Who fault is it? What what that have to do with anything when someone goes through something? Oh, who fault is it? What did you do? Right. I didn't do anything. Right. And then you break down. I didn't do nothing. Oh, it was his fault. And don't and please don't be an angry woman. Oh, it just comes <laughs> out on the on the raft. Oh yeah. Mhm. Yeah, he did it. Yeah, it's his fault. Now I'm stuck with these children over here. So you know, you kind of not try to feed into it. And that's why. And that's why I said I, I admire the book. It's, it's definitely focused on the Bible. There's no run away from any scriptures in this. And if you don't know about your scriptures, this helps you to understand it, why it is this way, why it's chosen to be this way when you're married or what you're doing wrong if you decide to divorce. And the fact that that's why I said it's a great book for men, too. Because some of you guys probably think, oh, I'm just going to leave her. I'm tired of looking at you. You look like an old bag. No, no, that's not how it goes. You don't sign away your wife because you're getting tired of her. That's not, that's not how it goes. And you break that down in your book and give your scriptures as well. So, Janice, now that you're, you're happily married, you got your blended family, so we don't have any more divorce books going to be coming out, what other upcoming projects you will be um, doing? Well, um, my, the, the project I'm working on now actually is writing a, a book for first ladies because um, having all this experience as being a first lady, <laughs> um, I really, really, um, I feel led to um, to definitely uh, focus on them. I am going to be going back probably and doing some some workbook types of things because I'm I'm finding myself doing more and more um, speaking engagements and seminars and things. So I am going to be um, building some some workbooks and things related to um, to being a stepmom and 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 helping uh, blended and step families to to thrive. And and I'm going to be doing some more work on the divorce. I, I think um, now that especially since I'm I'm hearing more points of view and and hearing other women's experiences, I think I'm going to do something probably collaborative to. Um, to hear oh. some women's stories about um, what they've gone through, so I'll probably you'll probably see some things um, related to that as well in in the near future. Well, I think that I think that will be great. I cannot wait for it to actually come on out. What other advice can you give to the stepmoms out here and to the divorcees? 
stepmoms, I, I just always encourage you to um, to to love and support your husband. That, that's the same thing I do for for those who are um, for are married. Um, to um, be yourself and to um, and to 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 um, where you're feeling, you know, have tough skin. <laughs> Definitely have tough skin. Right. But 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 learn to love your 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 stepchildren and and to help your your husband to to support and raise them. And then from a from a divorce standpoint. Um, my my theme, more or less, is that um, the end of your marriage does not have to be the end of God's grace. God still loves you. God is still there for you, and God has a purpose um, for what what you're going through. So so don't give up. Don't um, don't um, let the world um, cause you to to um, say and do things. Um, that um, you're going to regret later. Don't um, don't give up on love. Don't give up on um, on marriage because if that's where God wants you to be, then God will will make that happen. He will send you the right person. And I know for a lot of divorced women, that's the last thing you want to think about. Cause that's the last thing I want to think about was ever being right. in a in a marital relationship again. But you know, God has something else planned for me. So we have to be open for whatever. It is that he has planned for us. So, so don't give up hope. Know that there are resources out there. And um, if, if I can be a blessing to you in any kind of way, just um, definitely uh, visit my website and, and um, just leave a message or something. Oh, yes. Please do visit her website. Um, her website is her name, JaniceAuraLove.com. Great blogs on there. I especially love the one where you talk about your shirt, shirt being on backwards, but also the <laughs> metaphor of that was to look into our own lives because sometimes we're not doing something right. We step out that door and maybe we're thinking of something else that God don't plan on us thinking because he knows every thought that we have mm-hmm. in mind. And I'm, I'm going to piggyback off of that too, Janice. The point of the matter is we don't want to give up on anything. Change, sometimes change can, change can always be for the better. That's why God takes us through these routes and we have to stop depending on the devil. Quit blaming. Mm-hmm. Oh, the devil did this. The devil did that. Don't give him the glory whatsoever. Get him out your mouth. Let's stop giving. That's what he wants. He wants us to give him the glory. No, God took you through that because he wants you to do mm-hmm. better, and we all have our seasons. Like I told Ross on my show, I told her the same mm-hmm. thing. We want to see the problem is we want to keep wearing the flip-flops and the shorts when you know it's wintertime. You got to move on. You got to change the seat. You can't keep wearing that. You know it's zero degrees outside. It's not 100 degrees anymore. Now, many of us, we know we're going into the fall. But now some of you, you still in the springtime. You got to pick your seasons and you got to know when to let them go. And some people, that's what they are here for. They're here for you in your life during a season, but you want to keep on holding on to them. And now you're stuck like, oh, this is not the person for me. No, it wasn't the person for you, but you choose. He's waiting on you to actually listen to him. He he hasn't gone anywhere. He's just waiting for us to stop being hard-headed. And some of us like to be disobedient, and he got to turn you back around. So I hope people get this message today. Um, the main thing I want them to take from you, Janice, is to not give up that hope, to understand that if you owe, if you are co-parenting, to not badmouth your mate, and a lot of women do mm-hmm. that. Stop getting on Facebook. I don't. I don't like to see that on Facebook. You want to talk about your baby daddy or your baby mom? That's not how we supposed to do it. Let's be adults about the situation and focus our attention on children. Because by the end of the day, what you're doing reflects on them. 
And just mm-hmm. trust and believe in yourself. Pray for yourself is it, the most factor. Don't let others do it for you. Get on your own knees. Get in your own corner and pray for yourself. Those are some things I want people to take away from the show if you don't take nothing else away. And please, take away her two books, 1 plus 1 equals 10. And, hey, divorce and still hide a favor, baby, because God got something better in store for you. But, Janice, I do appreciate you for coming on to the show, and I hope when you bring out your new book that you come back on. I sure will, Technician. It's, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I love the way you're able to put things that I can't put out like that. But thank you so much. <laughs> you are so welcome. Thank you. You have a blessed one, Janice. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And, and from my friend Mary Ellen, the truth of the day is this. The greatest teacher you can ever have in life is experience. And that's what it takes, experience. That's what we have to go through to make our mistakes. We've got to learn from them. Um, the more life experiences you have and learn from, the deeper your wisdom will, your wisdom well will become. This is why people become more peaceful with age. They understand the universal principles or God's principles that govern all of us. People begin to understand concepts such as worrying about anything will not fit or change it, and what you focus on expands, what you think about happens. I wish I could teach more young people these important life lessons, and unfortunately, without the life experiences, they will refuse to listen. Today, be aware of all your life experiences and be grateful for what you have learned. Enjoy the day and have lots of fun this weekend. Create new life experiences, everyone, and I will see you on another episode of The Bright Side with Technicia. I love you, and most of all, God loves you. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.